Welcome to yet another edition of the Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast, or podcast, depending on how you want to look at it. My name is Phil Clark, I am the Brit, and I'm very happy to say that with me today, I have a co-host who was the star of the show last week. It's Mr. Ken McMullen from Fox Republic Brewing. Hello, Ken. Buenos dias, Phil. Buenos dias, senor. And just to let you know, guys, he always does that. I'll, t- I'll introduce the other guys in just a second, but just in case you're wondering, that's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we are out on the road again to this week, which is really good. After last week, we came down to Yorkville. We've come the other direction. We've gone north up Route 59 slash Route 47. We are in Barrington, Illinois. And we're at another new brewery who has opened in the past month, I think. It might be a little, about a week older than yours, Ken. Mm-hmm. And so we are at Sundial Brewing and Blending, which I have to say attracted me a lot when I saw that at the end. And blending. I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, what are they going to be blending? Now, we are actually in a location that we have been before because Sundial is situated in the Ice House, or is it the Ice Box? Ice House. Ice House, Ice House Mall in Barrington, in the old area where Flesk Brewing was. And Flesk Brewing is no more, unfortunately. We were with them a lot, uh, great guys. So hopefully we're going to form a nice relationship with these two guys who I'm now going to introduce. Oh, before I introduce it, just want to let you know, if you have any comments or anything like that, please send them to pints at com, And you can find us on all fine podcast apps. And if you are listening to this, you've already found us. So I don't know why people say that. Anyway, we'll move on. Anything else you need to say, Ken, before we get into the delicious beers and you talk need to, to these guys? Tell them to like us or follow us? Or oh, yeah. Anything? Like us and follow us. Yeah. 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 Sure. That's it. Don't follow me too close because I tend to break. <laughs> Okay, with us today are two guys, and this is interesting, Ken, because I don't know how much you know about this place, but I don't know much about it, because I went out to the website, and it's very bare. But as you come into the place, and you look at their draft list, I think you're going to enjoy what you see. So, first of all, let's introduce, well, let's have them introduce themselves. You are? My name is Mike. Mel, Damel Partita. I'm one of the co-founders here at Sundial, one of the brewers and one of the bartenders and janitor and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with you, and I actually do remember your name because your first name is my middle name. So anyway, introduce yourself. My name is Ian Swanson. I am also one of the co-founders, brewer, bartender, uh, overall janitor. janitor and, yeah. 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 <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Very good. And I should say that the uh, how we got to 
talk to you guys was via email, and I was conversing with a lady by the name of Diane who happens to be sitting in the background at the bar. Yes. And what's her relationship to the whole thing? She is my fiance. She is also a co-founder of Sundial. She handles all of our events and social media and keeps us in check. Say hello, <laughs> Diane. Okay, I don't know if you heard her in the background. Thank you very much indeed, guys, for allowing us to come up here. It's a Monday. We like to record on a Monday because a lot of breweries are closed and you are no exception. But of course, you've only just opened, so maybe you're building up to being open all the time, right? Tell us, when did you open? We opened on July 14th, um, which we've been told is Bastille Day. We, uh, about four weeks ago now, great grand opening, a lot of support. I've been saying that we were feeling the love all weekend, so. That was great. I saw you were open, but, you know, we've got so much going on here that we couldn't get up here. This is why I like coming up when there's nobody else around, because we get to taste the beers. And this is no exception. In front of us, you have poured us our first sample of a rather excellent draft list there's one two three four five six seven eight on tap already and they have fabulous styles ken what have you got for this beer it's the wit right it is the wit it's nice it's light it's got a nice sweet finish to it it's uh the aromatics are the spices you know it's, it's got a floral kind of a floral aromatic and it says citrus tea on there so i imagine there's some some floral elements in that tea mix. Yes, there is. Yes, yeah, there is. I, w- I was wondering what the difference in this was because I said, you know, there's something in there that's just a touch of lemon. And then mm-hmm. I read the description and it said citrus. citrus. Yeah, and then yeah. the coriander, you've got this. To me, coriander tastes like or smells kind of like like a spring honey, like a floral nice. spring, light honey. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you came to make this beer because – a lot of the other beers have got great names on them. This one's just called Wit. <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted this one to be maybe a little bit closer to like a traditional Wit. So that was like why we simply just called it Wit rather than give it an, uh, you know a long name or or anything else. Just so that it's it's to the to the style. Although it is messed around with a little bit, putting tea in there. But again, I, I think it it's. It's in the direction of the traditional wit. Yeah, when I think of a wit, what's the one that's the the big one from Allagash? Well, Allagash is yeah, one of them. Saint yeah. Bernardus. Or Saint Bernardus. Oh, Saint Bernardus. Yeah. But yeah, I think Allagash has a lot more of the coriander side of it. <laughs> anyway, this is a fantastic start. Now, the glassware. Uh, we'll get to your backgrounds and such like in a minute. But the glassware is very wine-like. Is this your only glass no. is this the intention what what was because i'm the, you'll see a picture of it on our website but it's as i say just kind of a, a wine glass i had poured them in these we do serve beer in these glasses we mm-hmm. do love drinking wine as well so we like making beers like that are in line with wine and i just put them in these glasses this is generally served in the aviero glass that's hanging upside down in the center up there but I put them in these because I thought we were just doing samples. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, 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 lo- I love drinking, you know, I- instead of the normal, what are they called, Willy Beckers or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Willy Becker. That's yeah. for, I think for a, a beer that has some refinement to it, if you will, and, I, and I'm going to say that a lot of your beers look as if they do have that. Not, there's not a hazy on there, right? 
not directly. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got something in line with one for yeah. the people that are craving one. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> so very nice glassware. Let's let's go back then and find out when you were thinking about doing a brewery, and we'll get your backgrounds in a second. What what was the philosophy behind this particular approach? So we focus a lot on wine barrel aging or just barrel aging in general and then um, a lot of fruit refermentations and using whole fruit from Michigan mostly, Illinois if we can find it. And then the techniques to do all that is, is I find a lot closer to wine than it is beer. We also really enjoy drinking a lot of natural wine. So that's definitely why we chose a more the the stemware glass yeah Mm -hmm. so what about you know why did you decide to do these beers then i mean you know when blending is is uh, do you blend anything ken um i don't have much of a barrel program going yet so i that's single batches right now but we do have plans to get into them bring bring some of that in i I have a saison going in a poly tank Oh, awesome. That's not temperature controlled, and we just keep brewing into that tank. Solera program. And that's right. Yeah, yeah, so we're cool. going we're gonna to pull off and, and go into either wine or gin barrels right. with fruit occasionally. And we have a metery in the building with us. He's oh, awesome. given us barrels. Very cool. I uh, just got the first one this week. But it was a boucher, which is a caramelized honey mead. Oh, cool. So I didn't want to put the Saison in there. <laughs> the only thing I had I thought would go well is the... Oatmeal stout, which is pretty light, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But yeah. as far as blending, now this this is cool. This is this is more of a Belgian focused. Definitely, you know, definitely. We were we were home brewing for years and years in his garage, and we sort of inherited a pilot system from the Brew and Grow that had closed down in Crystal Lake. The person that he was renting from and ended up buying the house from had purchased it from them when they closed. And we started brewing 15-gallon batches that they were, I think, at first. and then I think we started 10. Started at 10. Then we went 15. Yeah. Then we went 20. And then we finally made our way up to a barrel. We yeah. upgraded all the pot sizes and started brewing a barrel at a time and filling a couple of 15-gallon oak barrels and had a little stack going in the garage and doing a lot of fruit refermentations there and Spidel's and started showing people the beers and they were like oh you need to go to market with this like showing them to other brewers and they're like oh i'd be happy to say that i made this so we he ended up taking over as the head brewer of flesk for the last year or so that they were open and when he took over it was with the stipulation that we could start our project here and as they they were they receptive were to that they were completely very open to it completely open yeah. to it really and just as long as we didn't get in the way of their production have right. at it guys so we started stacking barrels and doing all barrel fermented and aged like mostly wild saison so all mixed culture stuff and now we've sort of started taming some of that acidity back with some coupages some blends to keep things more in line with what we thought was approachable for like the masses Oh, so that's what coupage means. I was listening. Cutting. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) My high school French didn't go very far (laughs) after I said, oui, oui, monsieur. (laughs) So, yeah, because I looked at your draft list and there's two on here. One says coupage du village. Yes. And the other one says, oh, no, table coupage. That's it. There we go. Or is it table coupage? (laughs) There we go. We've heard it both ways. Yeah. 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 So you guys weren't actually professional brewers 
before you came here, other than you no, taking other over than, flask. Other than this, I was I was cooking I was cooking beforehand, and then got out of the kitchen and wanted to assistant brew. Too for hot th- for you. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Didn't like that. Uh, wanted to assistant brew for them, and they them being flask. Yeah, them being flask, yeah, right? Yeah. And they were kind of like, they were like, "Well, we can't really pay you, but we need a bartender." And I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll bartend, and then just help out with brewing here and there." So I did that for a while, and then did a food truck and had to leave flesh for a little while then wound up coming back at like the end of 2020 or whatever and then yeah i was also assistant brewing or like helping out over at a roaring table for a little bit oh right i was there for i think about a year helping out ryan Mm -hmm. on brew days and doing other random stuff doing deliveries and yeah I also worked in their tap room for about four years, just over four years, I believe. At Roaring um, Table. Correct. Correct. Okay. Just bartending over there. But great people. Definitely taught me a lot. Taught us a lot. Oh, um, yeah. I, I have yeah. to say Big that time. I think Beth is one of the best saisons I've tasted for a long time. Yes. <laughs> I, put, yeah. I put that right up there. And she's a very nice lady, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Beth yeah. May, that is, right? Yes. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beth and Lane. Lane, um, yeah. One of the other owner the, her husband and one of the other owners there and if you want to listen to a podcast about them we did do one i can't remember what it is just go back and do a search <laughs> on our website okay well i think this is a fantastic start i'm really looking forward to the next sample you're going to choose it actually no i'm going to choose the next one i know exactly what i want so we'll take a quick break let's do a cheers i i want to yeah. do a cheers all the time on these beers <laughs> cheers 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 lovely fantastic cheers. back in a sec folks Is he cleaning? No, we're getting ready to brew. We have we boil the water the day before and then let it rest overnight to try to remove bicarbonate from it. We don't have a reverse osmosis system, so this is the way we can help treat it, get it okay. into a place that we feel like we can work with it. So we'll be brewing tomorrow morning. Okay. Is it Lake Michigan water? Or no. Is it? Yeah. The village of Barrington's on its own well, so okay. it's just city or, yeah. I've Barrington always water. brewed on Lake Michigan water. Well, maybe we pretty good one. I should say we are back. Don't worry. Oh, we're on? Uh, yeah, that's okay. Oh, okay. I, I, you're talking about your brewing, and, and, and Ian got up and rushed over, and I thought, well, <laughs> I didn't think you were brewing, but you're, you're brewing water. We're, yes, yes. We're, yes. Okay, we're preparing the water for tomorrow, correct? Yeah. Now, you have brought over our next sample, and it, the name on the draft list is Posh and Dodgy which I said sounded like a firm of London solicitors, but (laughs) (laughs) apparently it's not. It's described as a farmhouse dark mild, fermented and aged in oak barrels, which sounded awesome to me. And you kind of went, well, no, hang on. You don't expect a mild. So tell us a little bit about this beer whilst we sample it. So grain recipe, every hopping, everything else about it is just shaped around being a dark mild. But we wanted to kind of lean towards, I guess, I don't know, old Bruin in a, in a sort of way. Mm-hmm. We wanted to just see how it would be with a lot of Brett character. So we put it away in a barrel. And How uh, long for? 
six months, I think, this one before it came out. Was it six? I think it was about six for okay. this. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did you have it stored here or in your garage? It was, no, no, no. Here. It was okay. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was in your assisting, <laughs> assistant <laughs> brewing period. Yeah, Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, yeah, we tasted it all along the way. I think, I think I, did we add some aged hops to this one as well, though? I, I don't know that we did. Okay, so that was I like think, the only I thing. I think it was just the mixed culture was the only variation from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ken, how do you like this? It's beautiful how you look at it. <laughs> no, listen, I'm telling you the whole thing because it's got a nice head on it. It's clinging to the glass beautifully. I held it up to the sunlight, and yeah, yeah. it's clear. Like, you, the clarity is great, but it's a deep red garnet, maybe mahogany. And and the flavor is it's it's definitely acidic in a good way. It's got a enough of a malty backbone that's standing up to that tartness. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I think it's, it's Thank you. Uh, delicious. I, I was going to say that, why don't you call it on Oud Brewing? But then on my second sip, at the end, I got that malty mildness, you know, mm-hmm. the malty that you should get from a mild. Right. And it came through, and I said, okay, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you that, but tweak it a bit. So make it Oud Brewing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, yeah. Bump that ABV fresh. up a little, maybe. When yeah. it was fresh, it was very much so. A mi- more in line more with in like line, a mild. Yeah. So the maltiness kind of fades a little bit then? The Yeah, the acidity kind of has creeps in. in more and yeah. more. Um, I do think that the mixed culture yeast kind of interacting with the malt structure gives you like some dark fruits. I always say I get pomegranate when I'm tasting this one. You definitely get like a little bit of leather. I feel like on the nose, it almost smells like, like a big, bold red wine and then uh you taste it and then you get that malty like beer character but also accompanied by all this acidity and dark fruits and yeah yeah i i would i would agree 100 percent. i mean this is so so far this is uh fantastic samples you provided (laughs) because i just appreciate i just want to sit here drinking these now one of the questions that came up when we were off mike was where do you get your barrels and obviously, yeah. you've got quite a few here. In fact, when we drove up, you were out. Well, she was taking some sort of social media picture of you bringing a <laughs> barrel in. And I thought, wow, he's going to pick that up on his shoulders and go in with it. No, 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 no he used a trolley. <laughs> Chicken. Um, so you've got quite a few barrels sticking around. What are your favorites? Where do you get them from? So we've used a Barrel Broker in... He's up in Wisconsin. We use him mostly. Just he's he's super close. I can reach out to him, and uh, oh, we've got a visitor. Oh, hello. We're, we're closed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we use him because he's he's really close. And before, when we were contract brewing, we were kind of just we were buying them like one or two at a time. And so I would just drive up there with a the truck, load them in the back of the truck, and drive them down he's like an hour and a half north or something like that so it was convenience mostly and more recently we've we've been reaching out to a couple different wineries to see if they've got anything for us and and also which, which distilleries ones? american wine projects okay. they're up in wisconsin they wow. do a lot of natural wine i've been bugging them for for barrels <laughs> so you must you guys must live Close to Wisconsin. I mean, we're in Barrington, and it's what an hour to Wisconsin. It's just yeah, just uh, over an hour. Yeah, yeah, just over yeah, right, an hour. Right yeah. about. But um, you, you live north then, so you're closer. Yeah, yeah. we're just we're both just uh, yeah, just up the road up. from here. Yeah, yeah okay. about ten minutes from okay. the tap room. Yeah. All right, cool. So, how are you going to 
stack your barrels once you're getting it because it sounds like you need to get a lot of barrels yes are you, <laughs> you going to make a display of it kind of thing oh absolutely yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we started putting them in here and uh, and we do we do pyramid stacking just for convenience again and we don't have a forklift so I can't like do the you know stacked on racks yeah so we just do pyramid stacking and and tap through the barrel heads to get everything out Okay, yeah, because if you don't have a forklift to get it up there, you're not going to be able to put it way up right. the ceiling. Yeah, we wouldn't want to go... Unless you're Superman. Right, right. <laughs> as strong as you thought he was. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to go more than three high anyway. Yeah. For mixed culture, they don't like high temperatures very much. So try to keep things closer to the ground, keep things below 75, ideally. So here in the Ice House Mall, is, is it fairly well climate-controlled? Our space stays very cool. Yes, definitely. Like yeah. Year-round, it definitely stays very cool. And so, yeah, so with our barrel stock that we had before, it was... Never an issue. It was never an issue, yeah. yeah. We had the thermostat go out for, like, one day for an hour or so. And a buddy of mine is a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, electrician got up there and got it working again for us. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I found out what Ian did beforehand. Did we ask you what you did beforehand? So I've you homebrewed, right? Yeah, yeah, with him. How'd you make um, your living? <laughs> yeah, right, right. But no, I've been bartending and working in the hospitality industry for about 16 years. So anything from working at Roaring Table behind their bar. Oh, that's right, yeah. And to managing a sushi restaurant right down the street from here, Shaku. Bartending oh. at Neoteca, it's a pizza place. But just about everywhere here in Barrington that you can grab a drink in, I've stood behind their bar. So, and now you're venturing out on your own. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now I stand behind yeah. this bar. So, yeah. and this is the only <laughs> bar I have to stand behind for now. And you know, start bringing some people on and making it work over here. That's cool. Ken, you were discussing water, gra- water and grain. Go ahead. We talked well a little bit about the wit because the wit has had some clarity, and uh, you guys said it had settled out in the. In the keg, yeah, um, basically, but, it, yeah, it's been one. cold crashed out. That, yeah, 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 just a little bit. We, I was yeah. just asking if they had unmalted wheat and and oats is generally what contributes that cloudiness yeah. to a wit. But yeah, then we started talking about water because you guys were doing something with the. You ran off to tend to the water, <laughs> and uh, I asked about your water source. Our, if it was Lake Michigan, no, sadly, wish I wish. Was. I yeah, wish it yeah. was. No, Barrington's on its own well, so it's it's not it's not the best. So we make sure to pre-boil it before every single brew to drop out as much temporary hardness and get rid of chlorine and everything else that we, that we can. And the amount that settles out the next day is is quite a lot. So it you let it, it definitely makes a difference. So after you bring it to a boil, you let it cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did that at Hopvine. I filtered it with, with the activated charcoal to get the chlorine out, but nice. then I'd boil it and let it cool. And it's there is a blend of water, so some comes from oh, the Fox okay. River and some is from a deep well and huh. aquifer. And in the winter time, I get a lot more of that bicarbonate precipitate yeah. than in summertime. It varies based on rain and yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. that here as well. Out in Yorkville. At Fox Republic. I'm doing reverse osmosis and then rebuilding water profiles. Yeah, Are nice. you doing water chemistry at all? Yeah. We do We do a little bit. I would, yeah, you know, over at Roaring Table, they use all RO. So that's where I got into learning more about water profiles and stuff was was 
helping them out and talking with them and just being there for it. Yeah, with RO, it's it's amazing to be able to build the water profile any way you, you can, want. You can really yeah. dial the water into the style. Yeah. Everybody says you, oh, you can make Munich water or London water or whatever. Yeah. But if you think those brewers over there aren't treating their water. Right. <laughs> I think it's more cool that you can dial it into like a light malty beer or a mm-hmm. dark hoppy or whatever. Yeah. And for me, it's I'm making some of the best beer I've ever made in my life right now. From the RO, yeah. It's it's the water chemistry, if yeah. you ask me. Right. Nothing it all starts to, nothing there. Nothing to do with the brewer. It's yeah. all the well, I mean, I've been brewing for 100,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to come back in just a second and talk about Breton Mices because I think that figures quite importantly in most of your beers. You did say that you had kind of a quasi-hazy. Is that your farmhouse IPA? Correct. That is yeah. Ah, maybe yeah. we need to try that as our next one because <laughs> me and hazies have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I love to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I think this is a fantastic beer, this posh and dodgy. This one, I think, uh, is is an absolute winner. Thank you. Well, we haven't yeah. had any losers yet. We've only had two. Should we do another cheers? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. yeah. Here we are. Cheers, boys. All right. We're back after that short break, and we are trying, Ken, a beer that is their, I guess, their, their homage to normal beers. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is called Fieldstone, and is their farmhouse IPA. And as I look at this, I'm going, ah, is this a hazy? <laughs> so that's a great spin on, on doing it. And is it a hazy, or is it something slightly different? I guess I should taste it first of all you know go ahead ahead, describe (laughs) the beer much like the dark mild everything that we did pre-yeast was what you would do for a hazy yeah and then the yeast that we used is our house saison yeast to ferment so you get a little bit of that estuary saison thing going on up front but i feel like it plays well with the fruity notes from the michigan hops that are in the beer we, we did talk about grain just briefly before, but most of everything that we've drank today is Sugar Creek Malt from oh, Indiana, yeah. and then yeah. most of all of the hops are from Hophead Farms in Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good pedigree, sir, definitely. Yeah. I think I found a hazy that I really like, and here's why, <laughs> because you said that you, had, you used a Belgian yeast, so I'm getting some of those notes that come out of the Belgian yeast, Ken. Do you agree or disagree with me? Well, <laughs> I, just, I just I just came from the the uh, what did we have? That was the dark mild, right? Mm-hmm. Which is pretty Potion, acidic, and, and now oh, this one sorry. has a really soft mouthfeel, like a like a hazy does. Yep, it does have the complexity of the the yeast notes from spice and some fruit, but yes. the hops are evident in there it's it says nugget chinook and racau but grown in michigan so it's not yeah know, that michigan gonna... chinook is much different than the pacific northwest right. chinook definitely fruity fruity like more melon strawberry rather than that like piney bitter pacific northwest chinook. I'm, not, I'm not familiar with racau you called that uh, so it's it's, it's a normally new a new zealand hop but there's a, there was a small farm that one actually, I don't think it was Hophead. Yeah, for that, one. that one. It was a small farm up north that decided they 
I don't know. They tried growing Rakao, and uh, when I was shopping around for hops, I saw it come up available and jumped on it immediately because uh, I thought that was really cool that somebody risks growing a New Zealand hop in Michigan. And uh, yeah, I really like the character of it. They definitely found some success growing it up they there. They definitely yeah. did, yeah, because I went back looking for more of it after after using it and liking it, and it is gone. <laughs> Well, not find in this it. Beer yeah. Cow, they, they had sold through it very quickly. Yeah. So. Oh, right. Okay. So we just got really lucky, I guess. Yeah. Right. Per, yeah. Good timing. Yeah. Know, right place, right time. Yeah. And have you ever tried Illinois grown hops? I mean, other than the ones we grew ourselves. And no. We, but those, yeah, yeah but. Right. <laughs> so I got to say, there's something about this beer that's similar to something I did last year. I, I grew hops at Hopvine. I had 30 plants on the patio. And Nice. It produced enough to do like one aroma addition in one batch. And it was probably eight different varieties. Oh, wow. So I used to brew a wet hop IPA because that's what everybody does with their wet hops, right? Um, last year I used Saison yeast, the Saison Steins. Saison, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, the, just the way the yeast plays with the different aromas and flavors from the hops, it's just complex and beautiful and this is this reminds me of that thank you but the mouthfeel is softer like a hazy yes it's like you did a hazy base completely and and i love this beer it's delicious and and we haven't said what the abv on any of these beers are so i'm gonna go on on the i'm gonna catch up here yeah Yeah. fieldstone is 6.7 um the wit was only 5.2 which Mm -hmm. again is very classic level for it Mm. And the Posh and Dodgy, uh, the uh, farmhouse dark mild slash Oud Bruin, um, is 4.5, which is fantastic because milds are in that range, but you feel like you're drinking an Oud Bruin, which is which generally is, what, 6 to 7 or something I like that? I think so, yeah. Yep. yep. So fantastic with your imitations, if you will. <laughs> Thank, you. Um, Thank you. Really exciting stuff here. Now, this farmhouse IPA is not like any IPA I would know because an IPA bitter from england is completely different and i think something like a torpedo i guess is a west coast ipa which ken you've just brewed one i know but this is you know this is an american ipa and now i like the way you called it a farmhouse ipa was that intentional on your part because of your approach here absolutely yeah yeah, it was if you know if we called it just a hazy ipa or new new england style or or just ipa then um People have such a frame of reference for that style, right? Um, and we didn't think that it was quite in line with it. We wanted yep. to give those drinkers something to drink while they were here, but yeah, we wanted to make sure that they went in with an unbiased opinion, with no frame of reference. How many, right. you know, exactly. how many farmhouse yeah. IPAs have you had? Not many, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, many a farmhouse saison, uh, which right. you do actually, and I should say. We're not going to be sampling one of those on the show, but the ones we haven't sampled on your list is the Table Coupage, which is a blended table beer, and dry hopped with Zupa Saza. Yes. Now, that's a Saz. What's Zupa? Super? So it's a... It's a is it bigger? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a little bit. It's do- double the alpha. Uh, all It's Michigan grown, and that's, that's all Hophead Farms, and... It's it's everything you love about Saz, except just with a little bit of citrus character to it, and 
everything kind of amped up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, And you mentioned that when everybody does their wet hop IPAs, last year we did a wet hop saison that we're planning on doing again this year. So we're going to go up to Hophead Farms. The last Sunday of this month is the Zuper Sazer Harvest. It's the last harvest of the month, so you get to see the fields completely bare, really. Is Is it pick your own? Uh, no, 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 no. Thank, no. Thankfully, no. Thankfully not. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. have to take a very tall lever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, So, yeah, we'll go up there and get that again, and we'll do our, uh, we call it the Sazerus Supreme. It's yeah. a mixed culture wet hop saison that we do Ooh. with all Zuper Sazer. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And that's one of the other ones you've got on here, which is the Coupage du, Villa- Coupage du Village, the blended saison, fermented and Asian neutral oak wine barrel at 6%. So I'm assuming that's... A classic saison, more more or less, yeah. the The fresh part of it is very much so to be a classic saison, and we will have the unblended version of that soon. But then we like to blend in a little bit of barrel, <laughs> barrel stock with it. Somebody shot me. That was the, <laughs> sorry. That's just the kettle. Yeah, it's just the kettle. Yeah. Oh, we're not we're not dead yet. <laughs> you got direct fire. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably the kettle bottom flexing a bit. 100%, yes. Ours does that too. It scares the <laughs> you have freaking fire. crap out of you. Oh, every yeah. single yeah. time. Every like, time. It did me. <laughs> I was thinking there was going to be about 100 gallons of hot liquid flowing this <laughs> yeah. way. I was trying to make it not do that, yeah. but slowly bringing it up today. But yeah. oh, no. So anyway, oh, where were we? Say so. Um, yeah. So, and the other one we are going to try is your Port Barrel Aged Imperial Stout, which is a really good name. I'll let Mike do that one. But Burden of Dreams is a blend of bourbon barrel-aged imperial stouts. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. That, oh, and then the one that sits here, like, glaring at you, like, normality. Yes. 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 <laughs> What's yeah. it called? Pills. pills. There you go. German-style pills. I don't know how they came up with that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we thought long and hard about what yeah. to call that one. And then... Yeah. Uh, after many, many days, we settled on pills. Let's go yeah. pills. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you made that one because people like to come in and have a, a, a beer that they know, you know, a style yeah. that they probably yeah. know. You get right? the question of what's your lightest thing on draft, and our answer is table coupage at 2.8%, but that's not what that drinker is normally looking for. That drinker is looking for Pilsner. That drinker is looking for a lager. So we wanted something that made the average drinker feel comfortable sitting in here having a few as well. We also love pills. And, yeah, we we call it team pills. We, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll have some pills when we're behind the bar to motivate morale and keep things lubricated, if you will. Yeah, so, there you go. Nice. We're going to have to make some team pills shirts at one of these points. We were talking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, I think I think the range of beers is fantastic. And, and you know, a lot of these, perhaps people, it's going to stretch their style-tasting abilities. I don't know about you, Ken, but... You know, you and I both, well, we all here know these beers and we know what they probably taste like. And that's why I got really excited when I looked at the, the listing here, because it's things that you don't normally see. Is there an educational aspect to people coming into your brewery now? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And we just want to start the conversation about Belgian style stuff in general and get people more excited about it. You got all these people going out, all these consumers drinking all these different IPAs and they can tell you every single hop that's in it. But I feel like the yeast forward beers kind of get left by the wayside in the scope of craft beer right now. So we're trying to do something different and give people another option, stand on our own ground. And I've remembered that 
I wanted to talk about your Bretton Mices. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we never did. So we're going to take a real short break, five seconds. We'll be back and we'll be tasting something that perhaps doesn't have it in it, but let's find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're back, and in front of us is the beer that I'm going to let Mike tell me what it's called. Dolce Farniente. Oh, very nice. Mm. I did, actually, when you weren't here. I did say that. Didn't I get it right? <laughs> you got it right. I did, yeah. But I didn't want to do it. Oh, yeah, nailed push it. my luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean? It's the sweetness of doing nothing. It's an Italian expression. Okay. And tell us about this beer. So it's a port barrel-aged stout. Sat in the port barrel for about three months before we had added what we're calling Vincotto. Cotto is Italian dessert wine. They reduce the wine grape, or they reduce the wine grape juice before it's been fermented to about a third of its quantity. And then they ferment it, like as like a, almost a syrup. And then, so that's what we did. We got five gallons of, we have Nebbiolo on the menu there in parentheses. We got a five gallon bucket of Nebbiolo grape juice, which is an Italian red varietal. Reduced it to about 1.8 gallons and then fed it to the yeast that was still active in the stout barrel so that it would re-ferment those sugars and become sort of a wine stout hybrid. You definitely get a little bit of the raisin from the port barrel and some of that vinous characteristic coming from that vincotto. I, I haven't got to tasting it yet. I haven't got past <laughs> the aroma because what I'm smelling... Okay, so first question, the imperial stout. You just brew, you brewed a baseline imperial stout? Yeah, Correct. yeah, yeah. Baseline Imperial Clean, stout. Clean, um, strain. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Will you ever put that on, on your menu? Because I always like to try the baseline beer against I, something that Something is, that they've experimented know. with mm -hmm. and right, done right, some aging. Right. So, yeah, the plan is definitely when we fill some barrels of stout this fall, early winter, yeah. um, to put maybe a clean adjuncted or an unbarrel-aged adjuncted version on and maybe an un like barrel-aged non-adjuncted version mm -hmm. as well. So. Okay. so with the aroma, I'm, I'm getting kind of, I want to say musty barrel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's something coming through it, and I'm getting that, that almost... A slight tartness in coming the from the that yeah. vinous yeah. characteristic that the is that what it is? Okay, definitely. Now, have you tasted this, Ken? Yeah. Right. You, <laughs> you tell me what you think while I while I sit here and cogitate my. Taste. Do you have this in a bottle? We yes. do. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking a bottle home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is incredible, man. It's uh, first of all, the aroma is kind of that vinous. Kind of Phineas, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the first taste is creamy, and it is soft and you know like a like a creamy mouthfeel. But there's a strong vanilla note in there. The wine character is kind of like you don't really taste wine. It's like this is blended together. It's come together so well that it's it's like a whole different, you know. Greater than the sum of its parts. Instead of yeah, picking yeah, up yeah, the yeah. little, I taste this, I taste that, it's like the whole thing is just delicious. Thank you. And thank you, thank for you. For 15%, it does not, does not drink taste like that at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually just had a Russian Imperial style aged in a bourbon barrel from a brewery in Indiana, who I like very much. But they had a, a regular version and a bourbon barrel version. The bourbon barrel version was almost like drinking straight up bourbon 
so man, it rushed a lot of heat. Down, oh, a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. Now it wasn't a bad beer, but it was a lot of heat. This, oh, everything you said twice over, Ken. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's um, there's dark fruit in there. There's oh, there's a little roast. There's and it's caramel. There's like this deep caramel. Like chocolate caramel thing going on exactly, like, and it, and I call this this is this is this fits in my journey beer character. So journey beer for me is when I take my first sip, I get something, and then there's yeah. something else that comes in the middle of the palate, and then there's something at the end, and I get that that whiny. It doesn't uh, start and end in the same oh, place. No, I love when beers have awesome. that like bit of a story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we got a gold medal winner at Fobo. I'll tell you <laughs> what. I'll tell you what. That's high uh, praise. We appreciate that. I think the thing I love about this brewery is these guys are not bound by styles. They're crossing styles. They're, I mean, who makes up styles? Like brewers do. People. Yeah. 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 And why do we have styles? Because we enter contests. That's why. Yeah. And it's These guys are doing stuff that's creative and fun and... And uh, and that makes sense. It, these beers are delicious. How how has Thank this you. beer been selling for you? I mean, when I look at this, a five ouncer is eleven bucks, and I can tell you that it's worth every penny of it. <laughs> <laughs> again, we appreciate you. Again, you look at it and you go, "Wow!" Is that how would how do you sell this to people? People often ask. Yeah, people. I, I feel like a lot it, of people will ask about it, and then yeah. you, you give them the elevator pitch, uh, abbreviated version of what I just went over with you guys, and generally you start talking about reducing wine grape juice and then fermenting it in a barrel with kind of stout and glazed over. Yeah, you get a little <laughs> bit of a thousand yard stare from them, but then you're like, you want a, you want a little taste? I got you on like a half ounce of this for you yeah. to make your decision, and there then uh, yeah. put a wet the bottom of the glass for them and put it in front of them and generally they they end up ordering one of them this is a perfect after dinner drink for Mm -hmm. me without it being sweet which a lot of them are right you can have a sweet after dinner drink you know maybe a s'mores or something like that but this adds a certain it's got a tart tartness in it as it goes it goes through its journey and i i get more of that vanilla now ken coming in and i'm thinking that's the oak Yes, you didn't add, you yeah. didn't add vanilla. No, to it, no, no. Yeah. So, fantastic beer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Breton Mises. I've got to it, finally. Yeah, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Tell us all about that. How did you, I mean, you've got to get involved in Breton Mises and all the other stuff, and that's what is the basis of your operation. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it is a lot. Well, and for blending, we really are just looking, we... We do a lot, like like you were saying, where the, the heat on the stout from the brewery in Indiana was very high. So if we had a barrel that was like that, and we did, we would blend that down with something that was is a little more mm-hmm. chocolatey, a little more to kind of round things out and regain some control that you lose when you do barrel aging. Um, but we just love wild beer. We started brewing a lot of, when we first started home brewing, we were brewing a lot of pale ales, a lot of stouts, a lot of... Three Floyd's IPAs. clones, yeah. honestly. Let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah. We, were, we were big fans. Who? Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but then, and then we both sort of fell out of touch with beer for a brief stint. And while I was out of touch with beer, I was actually running a beer program at a bar down the street from here. And I was one of the reps brought me some mixed culture beer. And we had started kind of coming across some of these Belgian Flanders Reds, the some of these highly acidic Belgian beers, and started our journey into 
wild yeast and started playing around with it in the garage at his new place and mm-hmm. started filling barrels there and just love weird beer more or less <laughs> we took a trip out to brussels oh um, in love with this, lambic yeah i fell in love with lambic <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah so we were out in brussels this past october kind of on an exploratory mission if you will and wanted to taste through lambic at the different processes of it being aged and see what barrels they were aging them in and how they were doing it out there. We plan on doing a fair amount of spontaneous fermentation here. We want to get our cool ship program up and running by this fall. In order to do spontaneous fermentation, it needs to be below freezing overnight, so sub-32 degrees Fahrenheit. You're and in the right area for yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a <laughs> nice long season here we plan on yeah. taking advantage of. But yeah, we hope to have a one-year probably on draft, and that'll probably be the only draft we do for our spontaneous program. And then have that on by the next fall, ideally. And then start playing around with some fruited two-year stuff. And then eventually do a three-year blend of barrel age. The, the goose, if you will. But we can't call it here that here in the States, unfortunately. <laughs> Why not? Uh, much like Champagne, Lambic needs to be from the Zena Valley in Brussels. In order to call it that, it has to be there. So here it's method traditional spontaneously fermented lambic dash style yeah yeah lambic style <laughs> ale yeah you know i guess we could pull that off right yeah, people do, do like, it with goals people do it with goals yeah like right any slurs though he came up with sonambic for his out there in sonoma oh, county okay. sonambic that's not bad sonambic. that's not bad <laughs> what's, what's here what what county are you in this is lake, lake yeah lake, lake. County. Lake Lake. Well, that, that, oh, <laughs> Lambic. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't work very well for us here. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask yeah. about your your approach. So you're blending barrels, right? Do you put stuff into barrels intending to blend those, or are you tasting barrels and deciding then? Like- Sometimes. Sometimes we have some base recipes that go into barrels with the intention of it. Extended aging. Yeah, extended aging. We'll Possibly see where it fruit. goes. It could go for fruit. It could go for a blend. It could it could do any of those things. And then sometimes we, we will have a barrel that would be like a special barrel, like this port barrel where it's like... Something magic will happen inside. Yeah, right. brewing it specifically for the barrel. Oh, right, right. And then that that's... Yeah. So is, are you, I know you've only been open a month. Obviously, you were rolling before this but it's pretty tight quarters here are you is everything getting aged here or you have a everything option? is getting aged here we're going to start running out of space fast when <laughs> yeah. we start this spontaneous program but Very uh, much so but yeah we plan on maybe even sacrificing a few tables <laughs> in the tap room and making sure yeah. we have room for our barrels which That's is cool. something that we truly believe in something that we love right like gotta gotta do that gotta make it happen gotta gotta make it work by any means necessary there is other space available to us yeah in the mall (laughs) in the mall soon yeah Yeah. so Um, i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask a business question here and that is well actually twofold number one how are you going to continue to attract people in to this type of uh, you know approach which you know i would I would come here every day because <laughs> beers are fantastic. But then again, I, I love the beers. Now that's, you know, craft is going through some up and downs at the moment. Quite a few places that are closing. There's mm-hmm. quite a few places opening, you know, Fox and, uh, and you guys. How do you intend to keep that momentum rolling here? Which obviously you've had a good opening, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, because you, what you're talking about is some very long-term beers. Yeah, we yes. want to sink um, roots deep. We want to hang out and 
yeah. party with the community for a very right, long time. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and Afterthought has has succeeded in doing that. I mean, they yeah. have received some really good publicity. Absolutely. Hopefully, we'll be able to give you more because yeah, yeah. folks, that beers are fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank, you. Um, Thank you. But also, you know, how do you how do you keep this this ball rolling? So, if I may. Oh, um, no. yeah, if I may, yeah, yeah. By the way, which one is posh and which is dodgy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, we both, he, that's probably posh, and I'm probably dodgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's our that's our nicknames. He's stosh. I'm podgy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, we we we. The menu is kind of designed to give your at least your somewhat more than recreational craft beer drinker plenty of options, and your not so much craft beer option or drinker. At least a few options. We'll do some distribution and just try to keep the ball rolling on things with the pills and the wit and make those, try to turn them into the things that kind of fund the projects like the spontaneous program that we're talking about. Not really rely heavily on that to pay the bills, but uh, still do it because we love it. You say distribution. Bottles or kegs, self-distribution? So we're doing, we are doing self-distribution. We had been doing self-distribution with Flesk's licensing before they closed. And we've done a very limited run since we've reopened. We need to keep the inventory here, unfortunately, for right now. But plan on increasing our distribution. The folks down at the Beer Temple in Chicago yeah. brought our stuff in. I believe they still have Coupage du Village on draft now. You're miscuous in Highwood and their location down in Chicago also are friends of ours, and they brought us back in. We're, we, we got a couple of accounts out here as well, guys over at Consume in Lake Zurich and the folks over at Beer on the Wall in Arlington Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we were fairly choosy about who we went with for distribution up front. Um, we wanted it there to be a draft element to their business and also have a bottle shop so that they could take the bottles with them who who are these guys right so yeah you can try it here and then we got bottles over here so those were the accounts that we were targeting up front when we started our distribution and but now we look to grow that farther and we love obviously him being a chef and me working in restaurants for so long we love going out to eat and we have some friends that own some restaurants we'd like to do some beers for them and so you're kind of being very careful on how you move forward trying to control uh, the keep, narrative yeah, so that right. and keep people excited I've, I've we found that there was a fair amount of traction with the buyers at the accounts even if they weren't sure that their consumers wanted the liquid they needed it so they were bringing it in regardless if it was a good idea or not and yeah. i feel like the there was a bit of buzz around it when we were distributing before so we we got a little bit of that on opening night which definitely helped with the numbers and the, the people that came in on opening so uh, the other thing that uh, also attracted me about you guys um i don't think i've mentioned this in the podcast it's been a while now and i'm, I'm <laughs> down to the 15 percent or so <laughs> is your font that you've used for your for your name and mm-hmm. your logo it, it everything seems to be very colonial i'll say right. so my wife is a big outlander <laughs> So that's taking place at the moment in the 1700s. And that's what this strikes me as. It's kind of a a very old, old world type of font. I like that. What was the, behind the, you know, how you went with this? This is your brand. Who created this? Yeah. 
That's going towards Ian. That was Ian who yeah. created it. Ian, he won't sell himself as one, but he's a fairly talented artist. He he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's very quiet. But he carries, <laughs> a, he very, carries a big stick. Yeah, he very <laughs> much looks like a like a really a French bistro menu. You know, that's yeah. nice. that's definitely that's part of the inspiration. Yeah, we we were in Paris when we went out to Brussels as well, and very much enjoyed our time there. I just turned the page, and they have wine oh. here, too. Oh, of course. And just a touch Absolutely. of Lambic and down there at the bottom. A little yeah, bit of Lambic. Just to start the conversation yeah. so about our program. Is this yeah. yours? No. No, no. Trefontainen okay. is our favorite oh, yeah. brewery okay. out in Brussels, I'll probably. I'll put my glasses on, then I'll be able to read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we really just brought oh, that awesome. in to start the conversation about our program, uh, start educating people about it, get people excited about us doing that style, and mm-hmm. or at least hopefully get people excited about us doing that sure. style, right? Right, yeah. And you have the cider you have on is from Normandy. Yes. Uh, I have had one cider from Normandy. I wonder if it's the same one as I had because it was awesome. It, was, it wasn't like a cider I'd ever had before. Yeah, so. yeah. The French yeah, cider is, is very dry, uh, very high level of carbonation, almost like champagne on that yeah. one. I really, really like that. It's the Eric Bordelais that we have on the menu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is your beers are beers that I would like to drink with food. <laughs> is there? Do you have any food options here? Or is we currently no. Currently do not, but we are putting together a small menu right now, just figuring out what we can do, what with like with our space, yeah. what we're what we'll we're be doing. able to pull off, and then in the future, there's there's plans for like a full kitchen. And, oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we want to start with cold stuff at first, probably some charcuterie, maybe some sandwiches, some tin seafood, give people at least a snack option while they're here. Come in for a bite, a snack before you go out to dinner and have a couple of beers or come in for a little post-dinner yeah. snack. If you're like me, you like to eat a couple of meals each evening. You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you letting people bring stuff in? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we encourage that people order from the food trucks when we have the food trucks here. But if they aren't here, as I had said before, I've worked at most places that serve food in Parrington. So we don't have like a book of menus. But if you ask me what you're, and tell me what you're looking for, I can more than likely put you in touch with some people here in town that could sure. get you that food. So, I, I think I'd, th- I'd bring in some cheese and some charcuterie. There you yeah, go. Charcuterie oh, yeah. goes especially well with this type of beer, in my yep, opinion. Definitely. Yep. Fantastic, uh, any of them. Maybe a plowman's. You don't know what a plowman's is, do you? No, no, no. Okay, so no. if you go into a pub in England, you can have a plowman's lunch. So it's a big piece of crusty French bread, some fresh butter, some... Uh, Oh. Branston pickle. <laughs> oh. yeah, that and sounds then, perfect. And then on the side, you've also got a little salad, maybe a little rocket. And then there's a, a big chunk of cheddar cheese. Good, strong, mature cheddar Aged cheese. Cheddar. Hard, yeah, nice hard cheddar. cheddar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice Not your Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry, uh, we, we source sorry. local. No, no. We source local. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long as it is crumbly cheddar. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what you need. And that is a, a plowman's. That sounds fantastic. And you have that. It's like a very you know, something snackish, but more snackish. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Almost substantial yeah. is yeah. what we'll say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm to experiment because oh, boy. I've got Here the two. Go. I've got the. I've still got some farmhouse IPA. So have a sip of that, <laughs> which kind of brings out those nice citrusy flavors, yep. and then go into the uh, Dolce. 
interesting combo. It's kind of like you're going from light to dark and heavy. And We found that heavy. when Very you're nice. sessioning Lambic, if you will, and you're sessioning some fairly acidic beers, something with some heavy malt character and some sweetness to counteract and sort of palate cleanse away from the acidic, funky flavors. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes really nicely together. So mm -hmm. This is great. Pretty cool. Thanks for well, letting us um, come in, you guys. Thank yeah, you guys thanks. for coming thank by. Guys. Thanks for making the trip up. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was a whole 45 minutes from where I live. <laughs> Not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> and I am so glad I came. Listen, I'm going to raise my final sip of Dolce Far Niente, which is going on my list of best beers for 2023. Yeah, we appreciate um, that. And I'm going to say good night from me. And good night from him. And yeah. cheers to you guys. Cheers, cheers to you guys. Thanks a lot. Salud. Fantastic. Hey, Ken. Yeah. Why don't you get some of these beers on tap down at your place? I'll tell you what. I love the uh, crossing styles and, you know, kind of blurred lines thing mm. they got going on. I like to play by your own rules, blurred right? Lines. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Okay. Here in the United States, they describe Orval as a pale ale. Have you ever seen the color of Orval? You know, <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. Just do whatever you want. Right yeah, yeah. You know, when we first came here, Mike was a quiet one. I'll tell you what. But now we know Ian's a quiet one and Mike <laughs> likes to talk. Bloody hell. <laughs> He's trying to keep you guessing. Just get a little get a little liquor in somebody. Yeah. Uh, he knows me. He knows me. Yeah, yeah. Britain Yankee. Britain Yankee. I'll have a pint. Yeah. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, oh, pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint, please, Bob. <laughs>